0: Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace.
1: And welcome to this episode of the leading and learning through safety podcast. Hi, I am your host, Dr. Mark French, and I am happy that you have chosen to join me through this episode as we walk through those things, leadership and how psychological and physical safety are number one. If you're looking toward something with leadership, so as always, always start things off talking about a news story. Now, usually, I just kind of give my own take of the news story. This one here is so bizarre and so strange that I'm gonna read it. It's pretty short, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to my days of, of reporting the news. Uh, for a local radio station. And I'm going to read this one because I don't think I could paraphrase it at all and give it justice for exactly what this is saying. So this is from businessinsurance.com. It is from March 3rd. Uh, I will post a link to it uh, if you're part of my Facebook group on the TSDA or on my LinkedIn page, personal LinkedIn. And of course, you can find both of those through markafrench.com. Uh, if you join me there, I'll have a link posted. But anyway, I'm gonna read this one to you, uh, and I'll put on. I'll do my best uh, news for you here. So here's 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 how it goes: A workers' compensation claim doesn't ever mean you're winning in life. And a woman in North Carolina was quick to see that when she got a suspicious text telling her that she had won thousands of dollars in a workers' comp claim, the problem was she was never injured at work. She told an Action 9 news station reporter investigating a scam that the U.S. Department of Labor has claimed has been happening a lot recently, according to the news segment. Lamara Short said the text came from a Workers' Compensation Appeal Board, and it was congratulating her, saying that she was eligible to claim up to $62,000 or more. It said she was the luckiest of winners. She's lucky she didn't fall for it, as the Department of Labor in a fraud notice on its website says, Many have been scammed by the entities, trying to gain access to individuals' financial and other private information. Individuals living both within the United States and overseas have been contacted, and information that their name is on a list for the receipt of benefits. As you can see, that's why I had to read it. I don't think I could have done that any amount of justice if I had just paraphrased it. Can you imagine getting an email congratulating you for getting hurt at work and that now you're entitled to random benefits? And the best thing is you've never been hurt or you're not even aware of a claim. So workers' compensation doesn't work like that. Uh, There has to be something you file, uh, usually from starting with the employer, that they file it on the behalf, or you can even file it directly if you feel like your employer isn't listening to you. There are state forms available for all states. You file it. You get a claim number. You're able to do whatever the state requires. It compensates you for your medical bills. And then some sort of indemnity, depending on if you lost function based on when you're At wellness levels, wow! Just to say that you are the (laughs) congratulations, you are the luckiest of winners. You've won this all this money, and it it is because of workers' compensation. That's I wow! I as a safety, I would. I mean, I wish I would get one of those emails. I think that would be hilarious. Nonetheless, please don't fall for that scam because workers' compensation was created to help workers when they were hurt at work. Uh, It was set up in a way to compensate for time off, to compensate for injuries, to help pay for medical bills, all those things. And it's still there to do those things, and that's what it's for. Not an award system that someone sends you out and says, congratulations, you're the great and grand winner of all this wonderful workers' compensation cash. So let's jump on to another uh, news story. This one here a little bit more serious. So the U.S. Department of Labor is looking at a cannery because of significant injuries. Now, canneries to me are ones that I pay very close attention to coming from the food industry because years ago and this has been a number of years but it ended up with criminal issues was a tuna fish factory that um, they claim accidentally canned or pressure cooked an employee at in the cannery and again I use the word accidentally in a very not real (laughs) usage because there's a lot of protections that should have been placed, and that, that was proven. And there was criminal charges that actually came from that. There was huge OSHA fines. It was a huge stir in the canning world and also in the food world because how can something so blatant, something so terrible, happen like that? And you come back and you go, okay, that's, it, we, there has to be protections. And it seems like the worst thing we can do is ever forget these things happen and here we have another cannery now luckily this wasn't because of a fatality it was because of just reporting that there was a lot of things wrong but it's a lot of the same things machine guarding lockout tag out protections in place these are the basics of what we deserve to have in the workplace that we must have these are life safety critical items confined space awareness falls Items of that type are highly serious. And to see now that here, uh, maybe 10, 15 years later, that proposed penalties of over $200,000. And again, here we go, kind of in the same tone of last week when we were talking about people not getting training. And last week specifically was about children. But here they, they were hiring workers that were migrant workers, not training them not giving them safety precautions, and expecting things to go just peachy keen. And that, oh, frustrates me to a significant degree because to do it right, to do safety right, there is an investment. There's an investment in your people. There's an investment in your organization. And it begins fundamentally with caring. But this has been a problem, I mean, since since there has been work available when you keep just going back in time, there have been those that get rich, And those that do it in ways that do not empower or help workers at all, and thus we have so many laws today that bring it up, and that's been over and over and over. That that trend has continued. Now, some companies are better than others. I'm not generalizing saying all companies are that way. But we continue to see things like this here, where there are specific companies that at some point they almost get too big to be held accountable. And now they're... Can do whatever they want because the fines are not going to be an impact they sometimes don't even fully correct what they're supposed to do not to say this company won't just saying that a lot of companies don't it happens because why do it why fix it why do it if all it's going to do is cost time and money because we can do it faster we can do it better and i think that is one of the biggest issues when we see these things and it's just unacceptable when we are not willing to even follow the law and which is simple to me seems to be just a basic like human right issue to the right to safety let's talk a little bit more about that too big to be held accountable idea coming up on the second half of the leading and learning through safety podcast (laughs) TSDA Consulting, learn you, lead others. The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is an amazing tool. The problem is that it can be easily misinterpreted. Dr. Mark French is MBTI certified and ready to help you discover your inner strengths. The MBTI assessment can help with team building, stress management, communication, conflict management, and so much more. Individual and group sessions are available to help you discover what makes you great. For more information, visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com. And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning in Safety podcast. So the second half here, I I really want to continue this idea of, you, you hear it in banks, too big to fail. We heard that a few years ago, and now this week, Credit Suisse, uh, Silicon Valley Bank, all having some issues and some ideas. And again, it is it too big to fail? Can we can we afford to let it crash and burn? Well, the way I see OSHA and EPA sometimes is these organizations get too big to be held accountable because they're not scared of the law, they're not scared of the penalties. It's almost like if you had unlimited money and you could just afford the the speeding tickets, and you have a really fast car. Well, enjoy it. Go. <laughs> I can afford to pay the penalties. I'll just do it all the time uh, in places maybe where my won't affect my license points. <laughs> so here again, it's the Department of Justice is uh, again all over Amazon. And again, I have full disclosure. I did work for Amazon a few years ago. So I'm not going to give you my personal opinion to it. I am going to stick here to the facts of it and read through here. This is from The Guardian. Again, I'm going to post a link. That way there's full disclosure. I don't want to ever think that I'm doing anything not ethical here with the podcast. But the Department of Justice, again, looking at all the items that OSHA has been blitzing across anywhere from Colorado to Idaho, uh, different violations in all kinds of states. So here's uh, New York, of course, and then they recently had the issue where they're trying to organize, and there's been some terminations that is being evaluated further on about that. Kent Washington all sorts, and of course, neighbor the National Relation Labor Relations Board has a numerous complaints uh, for in New York, where there's been items such as fires breaking out and terminations, and what they feel like maybe unfair labor practices as part of the potential bargaining and organization efforts. Uh, also, injury rates are continue to be high for amazon sites according to this article sometimes as high as five times the national average of their own job class code and i I, one thing i will say is that a lot of it depends on side by side leadership is key when it comes to these areas and you see that leadership trickling down very quickly depending on who those leaders are and that's where a lot of a lot of places are it it really does depend on leadership and there's been so many good people who get influenced to do some items that they would find in hindsight probably not what they would choose to do i mean there's been some psychological experiments where over and over again, where it shows that people will say, yeah, I'm I'm very ethical, I wouldn't do that. But then when you're put under pressure, or you said you agreed to it, and someone else agreed to it, and this is all part of what we do here, that you'll push people further than you think you would, or you would be willing to let people suffer a little bit more than you think you would. And that's very natural human from peer pressure and from acceptance of the status quo. So it's natural that this could happen based on leadership. It begins there. Who's willing to draw the line? Who's willing to say this as far as we go? Or to take a step back and take more time to think about it and to wonder about it and to plan it a little bit better. Or think about the implications that it could have to the people. So there's a lot of companies that continue to be in the news for OSHA issues or EPA issues. I even think about the rail issues that are happening in Ohio, and I th- wonder even though it's a horrible horrible item it didn't stop the same train from agency and company from having a second crash in the same state only a few weeks later what so blatant disregard blatant not caring and why why is that and and it's too big to care we've got the money. The fines aren't the problem. We'll pay them. We'll move on. The bad press evidently isn't affecting it very much. It's not really changing anything that you would think that would need to be changed because of it. So what's the motivation for organizations to do better? It may be it will be someday having trouble finding the labor that's necessary as we continue to see the value oriented of the next generation where values are More important than pay. But again, if it's a choice between no pay and something like that, what would you choose? We'll see how the future brings that around a little bit. Overall, though, there has to be the penalties are starting to increase with inflation. There's been some things changed that have allowed fines to go up. But is it really enough? Are we motivating? And I hate the idea of fines. I really believe that people should just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do and it should be ethical and moral and right. But that's not why we have laws. We have laws because there are people who said, well, there's not a law, might as well exploit it and do what I can. And now even though we have laws, there are people (laughs) and organizations who still don't do it, pay the fines and go, "Mm, okie dokie, let's just uh, let's make a few more billion dollars, shall we? And I think that's the scales when you're talking about $100,000 in fines and a billion dollars in profit. mm, You really see the difference there. There's no if, ands, or whatever. And what I think even more so, and I'm even debating if I say this out loud, but I'm going to, is I wonder sometimes about the differential between the the, billion heirs and why there is not more personal responsibility to organizations that they are the key leaders to. There has to be some form of accountability toward safety, toward basic human rights, and just simply empathy toward our fellow man in what we do every day. And it shouldn't be the idea of just too big to be accountable. And so here we reach... You've got a friend in the
0: TSDA Consulting.
1: You know, I'll just play everything at once today. That's what I'll do. <laughs> anyway, thanks for joining me. On this podcast, I hope you've enjoyed the ending here as I've decided to give you everything at once, but just a reminder coming up soon, I will be in Louisville, Kentucky. I'll have a booth set up, be talking about safety and leadership and things like that. Also in July, I'll be speaking at the safety conference in Nashville, talking about safety as the gateway to engagement. Hope you can join me. And until next time we chat. Stay safe.
0: Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. and the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.